Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help with home, life, auto, or business needs. Phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. Walk-ins are always welcome at 480 East Northfield Drive, Suite 300 in Brownsburg. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall. Welcome into another edition of Central Indiana Today. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us on the program today. We're going to speak with Ken Johnson. He is the chaplain for the Indianapolis Colts, and he's been that for 28 years now. Of course, the NFL season right around the corner, and what a great guy. What an interesting life he's led. Let's get right to it. My conversation with Ken Johnson of the Indianapolis Colts. Speaking with Ken Johnson, the chaplain for the Indianapolis Colts. All right, Ken, first question, how does one get to be the chaplain for the Indianapolis Colts? Only by the grace of God. Good answer. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but in my personal case, I discipled a guy named Donnie D when I was at the University of Tulsa. And I was a police officer, and by after, six years after I left the police department, this guy graduated from college, got drafted by Seattle, and then came to Indianapolis when I resigned from the police force, came here as, to work for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and he asked me would I come and do to do one of the chapel services. The chaplain says, bro, you, you're so relatable to these kids. I was 30 years old at the time, on fire for God, boy, I tell you. And the guys asked me to do a Bible study with them, and then as a result, I came back, and I've been coming back for 28 years in a row, so it's been a, it's been a ride, bro. So it's you got you got good longevity then, hey, right? Man, 28 years, bro. I, I, I know I don't look 28, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, they say black don't crack, so that's not what it's about. Again, our guest Ken Johnson is the chaplain for the Indianapolis Colts. Take us through so what some of the responsibilities are for the uh, the chaplain for the Colts. Kind of like a mobile pastor. You know, I do everything that a regular pastor do, marrying, bearing, discipling, word, Bible studies, you know, uh, church services and it's just like we just have a transitional church and so you know I'm just a pastor to some 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 really incredibly gifted athletes that we try to teach humility brokenness being humble while staying hungry you know and so so it's just like being at church you know they don't get to go to church a lot of times on Sunday and so you know we we really help them exercise and one of the things we do from discipleship really help these guys transition from football life to real life uh it's interesting because we get so used to seeing these guys on big screens mm-hmm. in HD in super stadiums mm-hmm. and you lose track of the fact that they are human beings Absolutely. who have problems just like everybody else. And then sometimes exasperated because, you know, can you imagine being – you know, 21 years old, coming out of college, and you really don't have a, a degree in finances. You really, you know, all you've pretty much done in your life is accomplished getting to football and and, and, and getting and gaining uh, this contract. And then you're giving all this money, like winning the lottery, with no opportunities of preparation to how to manage it. And so that's why 82% of them retire over $250,000 in debt and or broke. The divorce rate is extremely high, like 80-something percent. And so they're just young men. And people who just have been giving extreme abundance and put it with that, they're worshipped. They are really worshipped. I don't know if anybody out there has ever been worshipped, but it's hard 
to 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 drink the perfume that you've been trying to to wear. It, it so I have a tendency to kill you. It, power can be intoxicating, and so a lot of these guys wonder after they get out of football because they don't have anything that gives them the same kind of high, the same type of financial reward, the same type of praise and worship that they get from society. We got our guest Ken Johnson, chaplain for the Indianapolis Colts. How receptive are they to that message that you give them when they come in? Well, it depends on a lot of the guys' history. You know, we got right now. The, the, the league is doing real well at drafting guys with character because they understand the investment that they're giving into these guys. So the psychological profiles that they're doing in the mini camps and all the the, the stuff they get to do. I mean, because the, the, the by the time they enter into the draft, by the time they're seniors out of high school, it's point zero 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 nine percent. So it's a really small group of people that get that enter into the league. They're probably about 17, 1,800 participants in, in football at any given time, about 2,000 in total. And so when you look at the small number, there's, there's a very select group of men who get to do this. And with that, those guys have somewhat accomplished when it comes to work ethic, listening, being coachable, you know, staying away from dumb stuff. And, you know, so they have a, a base to kind of come in with. Now, the problem oftentimes is, is when you change their experience through financial support. That's when it gets <laughs> stupid, bro. It's like, boy, some people can't have the money, dude. Like, really? So it, that's, that's what you find the hardest thing is that this extreme wealth that they don't get is not riches. It's just a short period of time from like, if, you, if you're in the league 10 years, that's a great career. You can yeah. retire at five. The average is 2.3. So it's like, dude, like, so you thinking that money going to last you? No, <laughs> it's not going to last you. Even if it's a couple of million after taxes, you ain't getting a whole lot. So, get, it's, you know, the illusion is that they, they, they balling, but they really not balling. Get our guest Ken Johnson, chaplain for the Indianapolis Colts. You played college football. How yeah. much does that experience uh, help you with these guys? They understand on some level you know what you're talking about. You've been there. Well, I think being a chaplain in the league for 28 years, probably my experience draws back more from that than it is from actually playing. I mean, I think the 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 fortitude aspect of pressing and lifting and, you know, understanding the grind that you have to deal with by being injured and coming back from adversity, those kind of things you can kind of draw from. But I think just being in that environment for so long, seeing the good, the bad, and the ugly stories, you know, my next book is exactly that, the good, the bad, and the ugly that's associated because some guys get in and do it right because they have proper models and they listen and some guys get in and get caught up. And so that's kind of just like life, just a little microcosm of our society that has abundance with it and worship. And so when you take them out of that and real life happens, then it's like, okay, wow, life really is happening. And so, you know, it's, it's not that much different than, than businessmen or even some pastors. I know they get so caught up with their identity and, and their titles and they forget who their testimony is. Now you are of course a part of the Indianapolis Colts for the great era of Manning and Edron James and oh, Marvin. Yeah. Harrison. Oh boy. But the, the 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 glue of that was the coach Tony Dungy and I know for many reasons he's a man you admire immensely. Oh bro, hands down probably the single impactful coach that I've personally been associated with. We're still very much in in contact. He's going to help with some of the foundational aspect of the next the church that we're building. And you're right. I mean, he was the glue to it. But I got to tell you, it was Peyton's team. It was Peyton's team hands down. Peyton 
built it, he, his, his level of preparation, the level, he, what he expected from people. And when he went all in for Christ and for God, bro, it was really just another level. But it was his team. And t- Tony, was I, I see, was just a great manager of all those personalities because you had an Edrin, and Edrin was straight brother from the hood. I mean, he was bro, bro, homeboy. You know, he was the brother, man. So, I mean, you talk about Peyton on one spectrum and Edrin on another and that kind of every kind of personality in the middle, bro. Get our guest Ken Johnson Chaplin for the Indianapolis Colts. In the final few minutes we have here with you, how much does a coach impact the locker room? Is the locker room different under Dungy than maybe it was, say, under Caldwell or now under Pagano? Does it change? I think a little bit of personality, but uh, one thing I see coaches do, and, and, and this is a chaplain speaking from, from just a, a observation standpoint because I'm nowhere close to being the prep coach kind of guy, but I think the, the, if you, the, the players – they run the team. The players dictate the atmosphere of what's accepted and the dumb stuff that goes on that they kind of let infiltrate into it. They, they create team unity. They create camaraderie. And coaches help manage that. They help foster that. They help fan that flame. And so coaches who can do that, from my experience, and, and get their players to kind of jail and love each other and support each other. You know, Peyton used to have guys over on, on Mondays and Tuesdays and they would have pizza together. They would go out to eat together. They would just just do life together. And so coaches who can do that, uh, I think, are real successful. Real quick, Ken, the situation with Colin Kaepernick is interesting to me because he's an incredibly talented guy. He took a controversial stand. It appears to be blackballing him from the league. Mm-hmm. Are, does it make these guys aware of, hey, you got to be a good citizen to succeed in this league for the most part, and everybody's paying attention to you at all times? Well, well you know, that thing with the Kaepernick thing, because I'm African-American, American, I get caught into this thing, should you buy or should you not buy? Well, I live in America and I got people who died for that flag. And so instead of bowing, why can't we link up and, and stand in unity like what they did at Seattle? And so I, I kind of personally take offense to it myself, but it is a personal statement and you have to deal with the consequences whenever you make statements. The answer you may get may not fit what you were expecting to get. And I think that's kind of what's happening. But with that said, I think that mentality of catch and fetch for the league, I mean, that's just in any profession that you deal with. You deal with the political aspect of it. You deal with the circumstances and the situations of different cultures, the clashing of different opinions and emotions that kind of infiltrate that. And so you you got to be careful about agendas being spread in those environments that bring us, uh, divide us than unite us. And so I would like to see something that's more of a uniting thing. And what they did at Seattle to me is what I kind of preach to our team. If we want to stand, let's just stand. Why do we kneel and protest? Because when you kneel, you also, I believe, you kneel against the things that people died for. And, and, and that there's nothing in any environment that I particularly feel that can be totally celebrated with success with a success mentality because they're stupid in every community, in every situation. And so why can't we just stand in love and unity and togetherness? And so I get some backlash from some people, but it's my opinion. It's my heart. (laughs) And I have the right to express it just like you have the right to kneel and protest. I have the right to have my perspective to say what unifies us versus divides us. Get our guest Ken Johnson, chaplain for Indianapolis Colts. All right, we're going to end on this. 
can we get some extra prayers for Andrew Luck? I'm praying, dude. I've been praying, fasting, and believing. And I, 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 bro, listen. I, if 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 the coach success depended on my prayer line, they would go to the Super Bowl every year. We'd have never lost any game. So either I'm not, I don't have the right hookup for the situation, or God got other people praying also that He listen to them more than He listen to me. Right, hey, Ken, real, real quick before I let you go, if people want to know more about you. You do a lot of motivational speaking things like that at work, and they find that information at kenjohnson.org just kenjohnson.org so thanks to ken johnson of the indianapolis colts we'll take a break coming up next our good friend abdul hakeem shabazz he went to washington where marijuana is legal and toured a marijuana farm is everybody walking around like a zombie out there is life pretty normal we'll find out next you're listening to central indiana today Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. This is Donald James from Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth Mentoring serves the children of Hendricks County. Impact Youth provides academic and social development in our mentees as well as leadership development in our mentors. If you are interested in becoming a mentor or know a child who could use a mentor, learn more by searching Impact Youth Mentoring on Facebook or at our website, impactyouthmentoring.org. A podcast of Central Indiana Today is now available on SoundCloud or iTunes. Made possible by Figment 2 McDonald's. Figment 2 McDonald's has locations in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street next to Ben Davis High School. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of WYRZ 98.9 and Community Radio. You're listening to Central Indiana Today. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us. Now, our good friend, Abdul Hakeem Shabazz, he went to Washington where marijuana is legal. And while he was there, he toured a marijuana farm. What's life like in Washington? Everybody walking around like a zombie out there? Is it pretty much life as normal? And what can we learn from Washington here in Indiana? Here's my conversation with the one and only Abdul. All right, Abdul. So you went to the great wilderness, Washington State, <laughs> where where the wacky weed is legal. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say the great wilderness. I did spend a week, uh, for the most part, in the Seattle area. Just decompressing, visiting some family friends and friends from college. But I did take a trip uh, last week to central Washington and spent some time with a marijuana grower. Okay, so before we get into the trip itself, are people wandering around the state of Washington stoned out of their minds? Do they look like a bunch of zombies? Uh, is life any different there? <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, if you're if you're going to a state with legalized marijuana, looking for Night of the Living Dead, I've been to two so far: Denver, Colorado, now Seattle on a return visit, and none of that was anywhere to be found. Matter of fact, the only time I was there, and someone was actually was consuming it publicly, was on a Saturday night in a neighborhood that's much like Broad Ripple here in Indianapolis. And there are just a couple guys on the corner. Yeah. Taking a couple of hits because you couldn't smoke inside the bar. So they took their hits, then walked back in the bar. So is it any more common than, say, like smoking a cigarette? Actually, more common because Seattle is very anti-smoking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so help me reconcile that, that the place that, as you said, is very, um, it, it's very uh, progressive in terms of its thoughts on smoking 
is very pro-marijuana. Yes, which I thought was a bit interesting. However, I, I will say this. Uh, a lot of marijuana that people will smoke, they will usually do it at home, in their basements, in their attics, you know, wherever. If they are going to use it publicly, it is in an edible form. So whether it's gummy bear, chocolate truffles, which I've been told were very good, just asking for a friend, yeah. <laughs> or, 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 or an edible, or sometimes in just uh, straight pill form. But it's... Like I said, it's not the it's not just you know just rolled up weed that you roll in that you know dime bag paper or whatever. So again, our guest, the one and only Abdul. We're talking about his trip to Washington, where marijuana is legal. In just a moment, we're going to talk about his tour of the marijuana farm. But my my point is, like everybody doesn't look like they're headed to a, a Nirvana concert. No, it was very very matter very matter of fact. Uh, actually, paid a visit into two dispensaries to see what it looked like on the inside. And it was all, first of all, you had to be 21 to go in. So it's much like a liquor store here in Indiana. And it was across the board. You had some people look like, no, you're 20-something stoners. But you actually had a lot of older people who were buying cannabis oil to deal with arthritis and other sorts of muscular pain. Yeah, and while you were gone, uh, a fresh time got raided uh, here because they had CBD by excise oil. For CBD oil, uh, which kind of puts excise police in an interesting perspective because I want to say by law, if you raid that sort of thing, you have to send it. You can't keep it. You have to give it back to the manufacturer. And it's been about six weeks, and the manufacturer doesn't have their stuff yet. So Excise and the state of Indiana may be sitting on another potential lawsuit. Oh, what a surprise. Okay, so did you talk to any of the people there about what they went through for the legalization process? I mean, was there a big fight there? Was everybody pretty okay with it? If my memory serves me correct, what Washington did was Washington does a lot of things by referendum, which is referendums are not uncommon in a lot of Western states because that's just sort of that uh, – progressive political culture they'd adopted from the 1920s and so the people of washington made it clear they wanted marijuana legal for medicinal and for recreational purposes but the legislature had to come up with the rules on how to deal with this and if you thought indiana's alcohol laws were complicated <laughs> you could, i could make an argument that somebody was maybe using a lot of the product when they drafted these things but now you, but, you know you were saying that it is very similar from the standpoint the retailers yes it is a three-tiered much like in Indiana, for the alcohol, there's a three-tiered system. There's wholesalers, distributors, and retailers. Same thing with Washington State with marijuana. They have the growers, which then you grow the product and you send it to a processor, which then sends it to a retailer. But a grower cannot hold a grower's license. Cannot You have a grower's license. You can't hold a retailer's license. Oh, so it's it, this problem is everywhere. What's old is new again. Yeah. And actually, what's funny is uh, when I was interviewing one of the growers, he was complaining about the retailers because like three growers for every retailer. And the retailers dictated to them the price that they can charge. Huh, almost sounds familiar, doesn't it? That's it, unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> it's an identical thing we're going through. 2,000 miles and not a damn thing changed. Again, speaking with uh, Rob Kendall, speaking with Abdul. Uh, Abdul recently traveling to the great Northwest. Uh, and he had the chance to tour a, a marijuana farm in uh, in Washington. Uh, the, the person that you talked to, the farmer, gave you some uh, economic development statistics related yes. to marijuana yes uh the marijuana growers in 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 washington state are a lot like any other growers organization they keep track of you know taxes stats crop got yields, a, lo a lobby you said a lobby yeah they have a lobby group and in washington state they generated a billion dollars in general revenue with a b with a b the state and washington state tax on marijuana is 35 percent then throw in another five percent for just a regular sales tax so $400 million and change went into the state of Washington's coffers. Now, do they? did you find out whether they dedicate where that money goes? Or? I think it just goes to the general revenue fund. So, for example, let's say you needed to fix the roads. 
instead of raising taxes on gas, you could have legalized marijuana in this state, and that might have been an option. Provided you got a billion dollars worth of yeah. economic revenue. Okay, uh, are they, are they, did they give you any advice in terms of, because obviously you're okay with this, uh, did they give you any advice coming back here on how to uh, how to pitch this well, to move this forward? Well, one of the things I just asked, and not so necessarily to, to pitch it, was are you guys seeing the problems that everybody talks about, the dangers that are associated with legal marijuana, and time and again, whether it was a grower, whether it was somebody you know, in the retail outlet, and just you know people in the local coffee shop around from the place where I stayed, it was no. The, the gloom and doom did not happen. Now, what you will get, though, is people confuse the fact that something's legal means you can do it at work. Just like you can't be drunk at your job, guess what? A lot of jobs, and for example, Boeing, because uh, one of my best friends from college works for them, made it perfectly clear to their employees, hey, yes, marijuana is legal, but we still drug test. Yeah, so they, so your employer can still yeah. uh, say no, no dice yeah. on that. Yeah, a lot of employers kept their drug testing rules in place, whether it was you know, transportation, mechanical, anything where somebody has potential to get hurt, they kept their drug standards in place. So you don't have, you know, no living zombie operating the space needle. <laughs> Our guest Abdul, we're talking about his trip to uh, to Washington. Um, what are the rules in terms of like operating a vehicle? Because obviously there, there's a there's an alcohol limit, uh, but is there like a marijuana limit? It was hard. It was hard to figure out because there is because right now there is no test. For how much marijuana is in your system, and so the way was the way I understood was if you are in an accident and it shows up in your system, you're going to have some problems. Period. Okay, so if you get pulled over and you got it in you, you're in trouble. But you got to do something more than just have it in. You got to be really impaired driving, sure. not just okay. You were speeding. Yeah. Right, okay. Right, so okay. let's so let's come back to Indiana. Um, we got the CBD bill that got through this year to help children. Five years from now, do you think we will see marijuana legalized in the state of Indiana? I won't. I won't necessarily say five years, but easily within a decade. Because uh, as I wrote on social media, just looking at where marijuana legalization is across the country, twenty-two states, a majority of the population. I think it is where, from a public perception, where the same-sex marriage debate was about ten years ago. Is you you really do see the shifting and the trends, and so within ten years, I don't see why not. And also, what's going to be tricky for Indiana is. If you got legalization in one form or another in the three, four states around you, if somebody's driving through because they're using medicinal marijuana and they get pulled over, how do you charge that person for a crime that may have been committed in another state? These are some interesting constitutional issues as well. Did you get a chance to talk to anybody at all about how they reconcile, hey, there's an opioid epidemic in this country and there's very, very serious things going on out there? Do they... How do they reconcile, hey, we're promoting doing this drug when this they other will, stuff's out there? They will point to statistics that show that marijuana usage actually reduces opioid addiction because the standard number I've seen in a number of different places is about 26%. Opioid abuse drops in places where marijuana is legal because people will, number one, get their whatever contact high they're looking for, and then they just stop right there. You don't need more and more of it. Now, the question is, you know, is marijuana a gateway drug? had a conversation with my uh, good friend Scott Watson from Heartland Institute where they deal with a lot of addiction treatment. And it's hard to tell, like, you know, what is that point? Like, it's different for everybody. Okay, what a close with this. Not that you did sample any of the product <laughs> while you were there. I'll put it this way. I always believe in obeying the laws of the jurisdictions <laughs> that I am in. <laughs> but had you sampled it, what would the best form of um, sampling 
marijuana. The only thing that I will occasionally smoke that you know is my cigar habit. So I would not smoke marijuana. I do, however, enjoy brownies. Okay, there you go. Abdul, (laughs) we're glad you came back safe. Hey, me too. (laughs) That's going to do it for us today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to Ken Johnson of the Indianapolis Colts and the one and only Abdul Hakeem Shabazz. Don't forget, if you missed any part of today's show, check out the podcast anytime you want. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes. Download the show right to your smartphone or tablet. Go back and listen anytime you want. Just search Central Indiana Today. As always, the podcast presented by McDonald's. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall saying have yourself a great evening. You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency. An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. Phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. Walk-ins are always welcome at 480 East Northfield Drive, Suite 300 in Brownsburg. The Kevin Kersey Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group.